Hi, this is Brittany, and welcome to episode six of the Reclusive Blogger Interviews. On episode six, we interview Marie Nafa. We talk about her two latest singles, Air and Honey, and we talk about what it's like to be a woman in independent music. Despite the few technical difficulties I had getting the recording going for my interview with Marie in episode six, she kindly worked through those with me. So please enjoy episode six. Oh yeah, recording okay, I, went I fixed in. It. Yeah, I joined as the wrong. Um, the I joined wrong. I joined. As <laughs> you joined. The, uh, yeah. Okay. I, I, it's, it's doing it now. Amazing. There we go. Oh, okay. Everything is fixed. Okay, great. And can um, you hear my sound? Okay. Uh, yeah, your sound is, is, is great. Okay, great. Good. <laughs> okay. Um, thanks for sticking with me. Oh, oh not at all. Uh, I know these, these technical issues are a freaking nightmare. So <laughs> everyone yeah, seems to um, understand them as well after these like few years. <laughs> Yeah, uh, my first question is um, kind of how has 2021 been for you um, so far? And I, I know that uh, 2020 was kind of up and down for a lot of people, yeah. considering um, whether or not tours were, were going to happen or even shows at all or uh, stuff like that. Yeah. So how has 2021 been so far or for since we're almost out of 2021. Yeah. Well, actually, I've been very lucky. And 2021 has still been very productive, very fruitful, very creative for me. And I'm very, very grateful uh, for that. Um, obviously, the early part of 2021 was defined by lockdown and being bored out of your mind and no live music. Um, but the second half of the year, I kind of grabbed the ball by the horns and decided to make up for lost time, I'd play 50 shows in 50 days um, as wow. soon as kind of lockdown kind of permitted and, um, you know, all the restrictions were allowing us to do so. So I got a real kick from that and I'd really, really missed live music. I'd missed everything about, you know, playing live, meeting audience members, hearing their stories, sharing my stories. Um, so that's been really great and it's just kind of been you know it's gone up from there um you know i'm planning new music releases i've released some new music so yeah 2021 second half has been good and 2022 will be even better um going back to what you said what about the uh 50 live shows in 50 days mm. how was that because that seems like that was was that draining on you or was that just more exhilarating Oh, it was like a combination of both. Um, it was very, uh, very exhilarating. Um, but it was born out of an idea that I had while stuck indoors in lockdown. Um, 
And it was inspired by um, Ed Sheeran played 312 gigs in a year. Um, And I liked this idea of, you know, kind of setting a bit of a number on it and just challenging yourself a bit. But, But personally, what I really wanted to do was be exhausted from doing the thing I loved doing. Um, and so there were times where, you know, I got to gig eight or something and I was in Manchester and I was like, how am I going to continue? Um, but every single audience made it so worthwhile. There was not one gig that I thought, oh, there's no point doing this. It was just amazing to see people so hungry for live music again. And I played you know, vaccination centers, refugee centers. I played care homes. I played living rooms. It was, I even played a gym. It was so weird, but (laughs) yeah, it was good. Um, When you mentioned um, you played um, refugee centers and vaccination vaccination centers, did you uh, pair it with any charities? So um, I did a couple of um, charity shows. I um, wasn't raising any money uh, for, uh, all the gigs were free, um, but I wanted it to be um, solely for the love of live music. Um, I did pair up with a couple of charities um, like uh, Educate in Africa, and I did a Zoom gig for them. um, where they could encourage people to raise money for the charity after coming to the show, if that made sense. So I didn't do anything that was tied to a particular charity, but I let people choose uh, what they wanted to do. And that was a really special thing about those shows is it was completely on the audience's terms. So whether you wanted to invite Mm -hmm. your friends or your family, or you wanted to invite a big group of people, or you wanted to do it, I don't know, I did a one-on-one show. it was what people felt comfortable doing. So um, Mm -hmm. that felt really special. Yeah, no pressure. Mm. I get it. Yeah, that's that's cool. Um, I guess my next question, um, and I think I asked this in our our first interview, was um, since this will be going on my podcast, just kind of elaborate more on your background and um, how you got into music and was music always a part of your life? when you were a child and um, I guess kind of more, more on that. Yeah, sure. Um, I am uh, London born and bred and I love to travel um, as I think we talked about in my last interview, um, which is all based on lovely California where you are. Um, But I've mainly been based uh, in London my whole life. And when I was uh, about 18, I started playing the London scene. I played lots of live gigs and fell in love with live music and the rush of that. Um, The industry is a difficult one, you know, so I think one of the things that I have definitely found as an artist um, is that you've got to kind of remain authentic and you've got to remain true to yourself. Um, And I've had a lot of luck in my career, um, but I've also had a lot of moments where I've thought, oh, I need to, you know, really regroup. I need to think about why I'm really doing this. Um, And uh, a few, you know, a few years back, I was lucky enough to win this competition uh, with MTV. I was MTV's Unsigned Artist of the Year. 
Um, and that put me on the bill with amazing musicians like Sam Smith and George Ezra. And it was like a dream come true. I had a YouTube video up and, you know, they're MTV, you know, one of the biggest names that, you know, I couldn't believe it. Um, but, you know, aside from kind of partying and glamour and all of that, th- there's another side to it. And if you don't know who you are as an artist, these people can't really help you. And so I spent a lot of time really trying to hone my sound, really trying to figure out what artist I wanted to be. Um, and then kind of coming out the other side. And so what's been really fun now is I'm releasing everything I want to be releasing. I'm working with an amazing team of people. Um, and people are suddenly listening, which is which is great. Yeah, yeah. I I to kind of come off the back of what you said um, with with the industry. Um, I think that's some great advice. Is that if you really don't know who you are in the in in the music industry, it it will kind of eat you alive. That that even though I I, I actually was going to ask that question. Um, the best advice you could give, I think mm. that is pretty much some of the best advice you can give is hone your sound and know who you are. I, I really so, agree. Uh, I mean, that's something, and it's different for some people. Some people mm-hmm. really want to uh, be famous or they really want to be a celebrity and there are ways of doing that. Um, for me, it was a bit more personal than that. It was like, I want to play to people that want to hear me and I don't care if that's a room of 10 or a room of thousands, you know, I kind of really just want to be making things for the right reasons um, and making songs that, you know, are me, you know, it's me responding to um, growing up in, in the world. So um, yeah, that's, that's, I think it's, it's really important to me and it's different for everyone, but yeah, I think that's, that's it. Um. I guess we. I would like because I thought this was a really, really cool promotion idea. Um, how how did you come up with the concept for um, promoting your new singles, Honey and Air? I thought that was really clever. Oh, thank you, thanks so much. I um, I am so pleased with that. Um, I basically it came quite organically, um, and the reason is is I wrote Honey first, which is the track that. Um, is more upbeat, it's more produced. Um, and I, I had won a place uh, on a residency in the south of Spain and there were nine other artists with me and they weren't musicians, but they were sculptors, they were ceramicists, they were painters, but all of them were amazing creatives. And I got to spend a week making uh, this track and it was an amazing, amazing feeling. And I went, came back to London and I started to produce it up. And then when I went on my 50 gigs in 50 days tour, I obviously couldn't bring the whole band and I couldn't bring all the production. And so I wrote this acoustic version of Honey, um, but I decided to change it and it suddenly organically had a life of its own. And so although those two songs have exactly the same lyrics, they have a completely different sound. And for me, Air, which is the acoustic version of it, wasn't going to be just the kind of afterthought. I really wanted them to come out together because I really felt that some people would want Air more than Honey and Honey more than Air. And I just kind of thought they belong together and it's the listener's choice as to which one they feel like listening to. And 
you know, some people hate one, well, some people might hate one, some people might love one, some people have different days and different moods. Um, but that was super fun. And it really made me think how much you can do as an independent artist, you know, and I'm very lucky that I have a great team of people. But, you know, that was that idea came up, you know, in my kitchen thinking, why don't I just release them together? Why don't I call them Honey and Air? And people really like caught on with it and people were excited. I think, um, I think it's Taylor Swift who always says like, always leave an element of surprise for your listeners. And I think if you're going to be a singer songwriter, there are so many good singer songwriters out there. There's so many people with Mm -hmm. great voices, so many people who can write amazing songs. So it's kind of what you do. That's more than that. That's going to help you kind of stand out and, and make your mark. So, um, and I love that because I'm a creative, so I, I just kind of really like the the challenge of it. Um, but I'm really glad that you like it, and I'm really glad that it's gone down well, and people haven't gone like what what is going on. What is this? Um, I guess my next question would be: um, Do you have any uh, more music coming up? Yes, I do. I'm nodding. You can't see me on the podcast, but I am nodding. Um, Yeah, that's kind of what I've been doing now, which is so exciting. Um, So in the new year, I'll be releasing um, the singles that make up my second EP, um, which Mm. has been an amazing experience uh, making it because I've learned so much from my first EP. And I feel like I've grown Mm -hmm. quite a lot as an artist. And I've also started to realize what kind of music I want to be making now and obviously this last year or year and a half was very different to the year I had when I made Golden State my first EP um so I've taken a lot and made a lot of changes but also really learned the things that I like doing and like sticking to um and it just feels nice to know that there's a bit of interest there and there's listeners there and there are people who you know are going to catch it when I throw it out there which is um a real treat so I just hope we can we can get more people um involved um when you're when you're in the studio and you're making music do you um have in mind what kind of visuals um okay yeah that's funny you say that actually because I actually spent a lot of today um pairing like the concept with uh the tracks and I don't know, maybe all artists kind of say this, that they have some kind of synesthesia where they can see colours when they listen to music. I feel like it might be a very pretentious thing to say, but I do genuinely um, feel like I see the imagery and the the vision um, when I have the songs. Not necessarily in the studio, but it's normally like slightly afterwards. Um, But... Having said that, this time round, I had a much clearer idea of what I wanted it to be. And I actually exchanged like color swatches with my producer. I kind of said, this is going to be much more kind of navy blue and it's going to be green and it's going to be like this. And and it's so weird saying something so abstract and then someone else really catching that and going, okay, so we're going to use this and we're going to use some brass and we're going to use some drums. And, you know, it's just, it's, I mean, it's crazy crazy stupid world and maybe it doesn't mean anything but um yeah I think um the vision is so important as well um because I think it's like I said before if you've got one song that's good it's like how are you gonna 
sell the package. Um, and I always like, I remember reading once it was like how you sell perfume because perfume on its own is just kind of a clear liquid, but the whole like essence around perfume is so sexy. Mm -hmm. It's so romantic. It's so cool. And I love that. And I thought that's how, how you're going to package it. How are you going to make people care about Mm -hmm. your music? So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I think a lot of the a lot of the um, whole appeal with perfume is how the bottle is, yeah. and then the packaging and everything. So yeah, completely. And going back to what you were saying about um, the synesthesia, yeah. I think Ward has mentioned that she she has it. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised actually because her stuff is so experiential. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know. I kind of. I I dip in and out of thinking I have it because I feel like it's quite easy to say that you can see a mood when you're listening to a track. I think a lot of people can do that. Um, But one of the things I have realized is that being able to articulate it. So I spent kind of the whole day writing it down and, and, and really and building mood boards and things like that, because I think if you can't articulate it, it's difficult to then get it across to your fans, especially digitally. I think like, it's got to be very clear for people to to understand it um, and buy into it as well. Yeah, and especially now with a whole new generation coming up, like Gen, uh, Gen Z, mm. and they they really they curate it, and they have a whole thing with aesthetics and and their Pinterest and TikTok and everything, yeah. and they're they're really a whole whole new niche to or niche to um, kind of reach and stuff like 100%. that 100% and like yeah I think that it has been like the bane of a lot of artists like lives is like suddenly learning how to use TikTok and I am definitely one of them and like it's like a whole other language and I think one thing I got some advice on recently because I was saying oh my gosh I'm spending all my time making TikToks or Instagrams or I'm online and I'm like not even writing any music and then she said to me something which really stuck with me which she said you know when they were like rehearsing to go on the moon in the rehearsal space there was a guy who was sweeping the floor and someone comes up to the guy and he says um what are you doing and instead of the guy saying I'm sweeping the floor it's a menial job he says I'm helping the first man get to the moon. So it's this idea of like doing Mm. small tasks that are going to help you get to where you want to be. And I think, you know, a lot of artists can get away with not doing social media and still having a really Mm -hmm. organic fan base. But for a small artist like me, like it's worth the hustle. And like if you're doing stuff that is, again, like I keep going back to being authentic, but if it's authentic to you and it's like part of your personality, then hopefully it's not as soul destroying um, as it should be. But I do try and limit my hours on it though, because it's uh, it can eat you up. Yeah, it can get a yeah. lot. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, and, and you're right. Yeah, and, and the same as well. If you're like any other type of creative, like a writer, or blogger, or photographer, it, it's just like I I can't be on here every day trying to post a photo, trying to edit the photo, and then trying to keep up with my blog as well, and then field all these interview requests yeah. and it's just like but I, I i it's only me doing that so i have to 
carve out that time to check do this and then do that because you realize that it's three hours later yeah and then you're still on here and i know stuff like that and then TikTok is just a whole nother animal. It's, it's, it's crazy. But I, I, I'm now figuring out like, oh, I can kind of do this on TikTok and then leave. Yes. Yeah, that's good. I like it. Do this on TikTok and leave. That's that's exactly kind of my mentality as well. Um, yeah, because they're like, you have to do video. You have to do video because that's like the future. <laughs> and Gen Z loves video and all this stuff. And I'm like, uh yeah, it's and it's, crazy. The, it's the like it's the sort of uh, kind of really ad hoc stuff that has nothing to do with anything really, and I think that I find even mm-hmm. more stressful because I'm like, I don't want to take a video of me eating a boiled egg because like I'm not famous enough for people to care, and then like you suddenly yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a crazy it's world. Like, I don't yeah, I'm like I don't know if people care about me doing this, but <laughs> but then you put up like the silliest thing, and I'm like. This got a lot of views, <laughs> yeah. and, it, and, I, and I don't get it. Completely, get completely. It. It's a mystery, but you're right. It's an animal. Mm-hmm. It's an animal to be tamed. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess my, my my next question would be, um, what fictional character do you think would most identify with your music? Ooh, what a great question. Um, I would say... I would say maybe Peter Pan. I would say, I mean, maybe I've rushed that a bit, but I think there is an element of, like, escapism, um, excitement, uh, maybe this kind of, like, blind faith in my music. There's always that kind of, like, you know, I want more, I want to do this, I want to jump in and I want to take life like for everything that it is and i think peter pan's got a bit of that energy um i think um yeah i would say that it's a great question oh thank you um i get my my next question would be uh this is um do you uh what's your pick for um song of the year and then album of the year Ooh, song of the year an album of the year. Oh, wow. Well, album of the year, I would say, for me, is um, Bleachers came out with a really big album. Um, are you a Bleachers fan? I don't know. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I really loved um, their album, uh, Take the Sadness Out of Saturday Night. Um, I thought it was kind of like a mix of sort of 70s, like, hits mm-hmm. but also with this amazing singer songwriter quality of like incredible lyrics and had this sort of wind in your hair feeling of like driving a car i just thought it was amazing so i listened to that until i kind of killed it um <laughs> and that would be my album of the year single of the year i mean whew, that is a difficult one what do i want to pick I listen to a lot of stuff I think kind of out of kilter as well I kind of I keep going back to things and Spotify lets me do that you know in terms of um listening to a lot of older music uh as well as as new music coming out um I've been kind of hooked on I don't know if you've uh, kind of seen her stuff um but she's called self-esteem 
Have you been seeing this? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, um, yeah, so she, an artist that I follow talks about her. Yeah, a lot, so, so she's yeah. like uh-huh. really at the moment. I mean, she's on the tip of my tongue as being like she has really something that you know is really shaking the music industry. And it, her style of music is not quite what I would normally like listen to or make, but it's very, very compelling. And she's got a single called "Prioritize Pleasure," and it's just so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's really, really cool and it's very well packaged in terms of like what we were talking about in terms of the creative vision. Like her video mm-hmm. has been um played at Rain Dance Festival and things like that. It's really, really cool. So I think she's heading for a single of the year or an album of the year. Um but other than that, I go back to old favorites. I go back to Bonnie Vare, I go back to like Big Thief, um and then I go even further back and I go back to, you know, uh elton john i go to alex turner you know all these like heroes that in my mind are kind of just like got to keep going back to them got to keep studying them just yeah so yeah yeah um because i have followed like so many uh musicians and uh people from just kind of like all over the world it's always interesting to see what everybody picks because if if you like like in America so much it's a lot of it's a lot of rap and it's a yeah. lot of pop but then like in in England and Europe it's it's a lot of more kind of singer songwriter mm-hmm. and and a lot of like kind of euro pop and it's it's a whole different vibe so it's always interesting to see what people from like overseas uh pick yeah so. that is re- that's really interesting as well yeah that's cool. Um, okay, I guess uh, my next one would be like if you were uh, doing karaoke, what's your go-to song? Incredible question. I would say either Wuthering Heights by Kate Bush, just because a great challenge, uh, or I Don't Want to Miss a Thing by Aerosmith, because I'm normally quite drunk at that point, and I sort of like cry into the microphone. But the fun fact about me is that I am absolutely terrible at karaoke everyone's like oh like you- you're a singer and like you can you can do it but i don't know what it is i think maybe it's normally i'm a few drinks down but my friends will tell you i'm very bad at karaoke and um yeah you can probably persuade me with any song actually a lot of abba i could do a lot of abba on karaoke um not their new stuff though i'm not like not going to do their new stuff only their old favorites um, do you have a favorite? Is that your favorite Kate Bush song? Yeah, I think probably. Uh, trying to think. Yeah, I think probably probably Wuthering Heights. It's just a banger, isn't it? Yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah. She's just mind blowing, like incredible. She really is. She really is, and she. I don't know. It's amazing to see other artists kind of channel that like amazing sort of. Mm-hmm hippie-ish, surely energy. <laughs> like, you know, mm-hmm. I know Florence and the Machine really, you know, really channeled that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's, there are very few people that could pull it off. Um, but no, yeah. it's awesome. I learned about her from my aunt because she really, really liked her when she first came out. And then I was kind of like, I don't know. And then I started like watching a lot of her videos and doing like a deep dive on YouTube. Yeah. And and she's just incredible. I know. She's really she's com- kind of ahead of her time. Yeah, 100%. And I totally get what you mean as well of like 
you you listen mm-hmm. to it first or you're like I don't know what what this is all about but then you watch <laughs> it and it's so and you see the performances and it's so yeah it's so visual it's so cool um but yeah um I my I guess I kind of want to um ask you about um how do you think your songwriting has kind of evolved over uh time and um what does songwriting mean to you mm, that's a good question I would say my songwriting often faces the challenge of being as honest as possible. Um, I think if you're going to be a singer-songwriter, you kind of have to say what you really mean. Otherwise, people can tell. And I think in my earlier material, I think I hid behind a lot of metaphors and a lot of symbolism and I thought I was being really clever but actually it would have just been more effective I think to say it how it is so this next EP for me is that in practice it's a much more okay what do I really want to say and how am I going to say it and so it was a bit harder I think because no one really wants to put their heart on the plate Um, but I think I like music that is much more honest and you know I find people who can be vulnerable I find that really cool and really strong and exciting um and so I think that's a big part of it I definitely have developed a style I think I've become so keen on like visual description um also wordplay I love wordplay um I love riffing off things that are familiar to other people um and yeah, considering my listeners as well and considering what's going to keep people hanging on words, I think sometimes um, lyrics can get a bit lost and I really want my lyrics and my melodies to have a 50-50 importance basically um, and to kind of play their part together. So yeah, I've still got lots to learn. Um, would you... Um... Who is your dream collaboration? That is a very good question. I would say I would say Justin Vernon would be my dream collaboration um, from Bonnie Ver because in my head, I think he can do no wrong. I think he's so so brilliant, so original, um, seems like a pretty nice guy, so we'd probably have a good time. Mm-hmm. Like, I liked the idea of him making an album in a cabin. Like, that sounds amazing. Um, But also, like, I saw him live and I was so struck by how soulful his voice was, you know, and really strong as well, you know, because some people have said, oh, well, he hides behind lots of, like, electronic production now and his latest stuff. But actually, like, he was born out of, you know, singer-songwriter-ville of, like, acoustic music and then um yeah has developed and I love an artist that can push and change as well I, I think um and challenge and not just stick to what they know I think I think responding to things around you and not doing things just because they think they're going to stand out but doing things that might be a bit more of a of a risk or a bit more of a, a challenge so uh yeah probably Justin Vernon um what you like folk folklore, right? Is that Yes, I really do. What's your favorite song off of there? Well, I love Exile because I've mentioned Ta- Taylor Swift and um 
and Justin mm-hmm. Vernon. Um, what other ones do I like on there? I think it's a fantastic album. I think it was so mm-hmm. special and so clever. And again, I think she is someone who is very good at like morphing without people thinking mm-hmm. she's being unfaithful to her previous self. And I've yeah. always really liked that. I, I, I as an artist used to hate the question, what genre are you? I used to think it was like wearing (laughs) uncomfortable shoes when I'd be like, oh, I'm a folk musician or I'm a soul Mm -hmm. singer or I'm pop or I'm indie. And it was just like, I don't don't know. And then someone recently turned around to me and said, well, like, why do you have to say one or the other? Can't you just like Mm -hmm. be a hybrid of all these genres? And I suddenly went, oh, yeah, yeah, I can. And I think Taylor Swift does that well. And I think Folklore as an album really shows that um and it was kind of what everyone needed what everyone wanted it was like a kind of big winter hug or something wasn't it (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah that that's a great way of of saying that and i just when you look back at all the uh, all her records it is very much like i'm gonna do what i want when i want at this time and it just fits yeah i think so i think so it's yeah it's a good it's a good way to be what about you? What's your favorite on folklore? Um, I really like Cardigan. Yeah, I was going to say Cardigan as well. It's so beautiful. Yeah, it's really I really cool. like that one. I, and I like the video for it because I like how it's like, um, it, it reminds me of Peter Pan. Yeah. The video. That's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess I'm going to end with these, um, with, with a few lasts. Okay. Um, what is the last thing that you discovered about yourself? Ooh. Mm. The last thing I discovered about myself is that, ooh, it's so really, I need to answer, probably need to answer this quicker. Uh, the last thing I discovered about myself was that I can wear red lipstick which the podcast can't see, but I have never really worn red lipstick, but I wore it in my latest music video, and here we are. So it's not a big one, but that's the last thing I discovered. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's a big thing because um, it's, it's very hard to find the right shade with your undertone. You get tone, me. You so. get me. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah. Um. Last time you felt like a kid? Last time I felt like a kid was actually, well, I mean, probably yesterday, but I actually think that last week I felt like a kid because we were filming the music video To Honey and Air, which is coming out uh, actually tomorrow. Um, Well, it probably will have come out by the time this podcast is out. Um, Mm -hmm. and I got to be in my bedroom. I got to throw on all my clothes. I got to try on loads of different outfits. And I basically got to be as like silly as a kid, uh, as I wanted to be. So, um, that was a very real treat, but I would say I'm probably acting like a kid every, every day. Um, but that one stands out. Mm -hmm. Um, last thing you do before you go on stage. Last thing I do before I go on stage is probably have a beer or a glass of white wine. 
but I have limited myself to just one because it can normally end in tears. Otherwise, I'll be a bit of a car crash. But having said that, um, yeah, that's, that's probably what I'm doing, probably at the bar having a beer. And um, last perfect day off. Last perfect day off. Oh, I don't know, man. That makes me sound like I work really hard, but actually I'm just trying to think what a perfect day off was. You know what? I'm just a, I'm a simple, simple person deep down. I just probably took a nap. I probably went out for a nice big meal. I went on a stroll. Um, I don't know, put on a face mask or something uh, and got an early night. That's probably what my perfect day off entailed. Um, nothing at all rock and roll, but... Um, yeah, that's probably what I did. Can't, can't be rock and roll all the time, I guess. <laughs> what, what's your favorite meal? Oh, spaghetti with tomato sauce. That's just, it's so basic. Oh, that sounds delicious. So basic, you, but it's just, I am yeah. a, you say pasta there, I say pasta here. It is just, I could eat it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Whatever sauce, whatever shape, honestly. <laughs> well, that's delicious. Oh, so, I agree with you on <laughs> that you. one. So um, thank you for taking the time out and then also getting uh, through the uh, technical challenges because with the new system. Oh my gosh, no. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for having me again and, and back as well. I really appreciate it. And it's so lovely to have uh, people like you who have these amazing publications but also support uh, you know, independent artists like me. So I'm very, very grateful. And I hope we can meet one day. Oh, yeah, definitely, for sure. Be awesome. Uh, but, uh, yes, uh, it was really, really nice to finally meet you. Yeah, uh, I know. You stuff, too. So. Well, keep in touch, and um, we'll, okay, we'll do something soon. Okay, sure. Have a lovely rest of day. You too. See you. Bye. Bye. Once again, I'm Brittany, and this has been the Reclusive Blogger Interviews. Thank you so much for tuning in, and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. See you in the next episode.